Welcome. You're listening to the Think Like an Entrepreneur podcast because it turns out there's no such thing as a struggling entrepreneur. There are only business owners still operating from an employee mindset. I'm your host, business coach Katherine Morrison. Now let's dig in. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show today. Today's episode is extremely special. As always, let's be real. And honestly, it's pretty different from most other client interviews I've done. And as I sat with that and considered what that was, I realized how deeply we dive into the healing that happens in the mastermind. And while you guys on the outside see all of the insane money results and the client success stories, I think this podcast, this interview with Michelle, gives a more intimate lens into the level of deep healing that actually creates those results. There is so much unwinding and deconditioning that is required to to really become an entrepreneur. And if you think about what differentiates us as entrepreneurs from the rest of society, particularly soul-centered entrepreneurs, it's that we have been given a vision that is our job to steward into this world. And in order to successfully steward it into the world, to have the level of insane impact and income that we feel the potential of inside of ourselves requires a lot of unwinding and deconditioning in the mind. And you guys, it doesn't feel good usually. (laughs) There is so much internalized muck in us what I call static, right? In the accelerator, systemic oppression, racism, the fucking patriarchy, which I want to be super clear. It's like the wounded masculine in our society that is coming up to be healed right now. Hustle culture runs deep. How deeply we've been conditioned to tie our productivity to our value as humans is well-trodden as a neural pathway in our minds, right? Think There's our human minds, and then we could even talk about the collective unconscious. This conversation with Michelle is such a no-holds-barred look at what this process looks like. And I also love how clearly Michelle demonstrates and embodies you don't have to be completely healed to get started, to have an impact, to deeply serve the world right now. You'll hear Michelle has made over $100,000 in her business in the last 12 months, which was just about her first full year in business, and has created $40,000 in just the past few weeks, while also still being on this incredible journey of being a human, purging all of the bullshit that isn't yours to hold from in your brain. (laughs) And especially for those of you that are coming into the mastermind earlier on in your business, Really listen for how Michelle showed up in the container her first round. She is giving a straight up masterclass in how to rock your first round. And then such wisdom from the perspective of now being one of our village elders that was literally just where you are now, right? My operations manager and I were just talking about this. How in the last round of the mastermind, some of the things that the newer masterminds had was like nervousness around being in this room with all of these six-figure powerhouses, as a lot of our village elders are either now at six figures or tipping right at that threshold. And what I want to offer is that they were literally just a round or two ago, right where you are, 
And this room is unlike any room I've ever experienced. It is straight up soul family. And our village elders want you to succeed. They see your potential. They see the powerhouse in you. And you belong here. So snuggle up. We are about to rock your world with the power of healing yourself and the power we then hold to come back and heal the culture, heal the planet. Michelle is fucking doing it. She's an example of what is possible in the world, and you can too. You might want to grab a notebook and a pen for this one, and let's dive in to a conversation with my client, Michelle Yu. All right, Michelle Yu, welcome to the show. Thank you. Actually, welcome back to the show. <laughs> yes, this is my second time on the show. Yeah, so for the audience who's, who have been listening for a little while, Michelle was on probably just a few months ago. It was like the MBA, Breaking Your MBA podcast. Mm -hmm. So you guys have already heard a little bit of Michelle at that time, but we're going to dive in, I would say a lot deeper today on Michelle's particular brain and her particular journey, because I think some of you might see yourselves in it. (laughs) So to start, Michelle, do you want to share with us who you are and what you do? Yes, that's a hard question because I've been evolving so much over the last two years. But to give people some context, I've been in business now for about 18 months. Um, Before starting my business, I was an HR professional, so worked in high tech, HR executive, high paying job, all that sort of stuff. Um, And then really came to realize that I wanted more for my career and wanted to do something more meaningful. So that's when I found coaching and that's when I really decided to dive deep into launching my business. So I've been actively growing my business since June of 2020. um, And I focus on uh, career coaching for underrepresented individuals. So primarily women and people of color who are in the corporate space. Yeah. And I like one of the things we should dive into because like you started your coaching business and what do you, you ended last year at just about hundred K. Yeah. Yeah. Just about. Mm-hmm. I know. I'm like, I don't want to. I, get- I heard. I heard that in your voice, Michelle. Yeah, I was at like 96k. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's so funny because I I don't know when. Like, I interviewed Laura yesterday. I don't know how I'm gonna like do these podcasts, but I think Laura was at like 95k. Yeah. <laughs> so there's like so many of you in the mastermind that are like right, like crossing that 100k threshold, going into the multiple six figures. And then one of the things that you noticed though that we started working on when you came in was like you really enjoy career coaching. But you also had this robust background in HR. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that we started working on in tandem was that like, yes, I can do like it it serves the same mission, right? Like what you're doing, but you do also have a branch of consulting. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think the first round I really like burned everything down. I remember I just kept listening to Ellie Golding like burn and I'm like, I'm burning everything down. I let a lot of my... (laughs) individual coaching clients go and I'm like, I feel this call to serve corporate in a different, in a different capacity than I did when I was working in corporate. Yeah. That's when I launched my consultancy and, and, you know, really decided for me that having a mix of both corporate clients and individual clients was what I wanted to play with. But before that I was like, there's something that I'm missing and I know that I want to do this corporate space. Um, but it really took me like decompressing and like being honest with myself about what I wanted. Yeah. It like almost allowing yourself to leave corporate 
and have that space from it before you decided you actually like there, there was a desire to go back. Um, I actually wrote down, I always take notes, some up people, but I think of like online entrepreneurship as like, we're sort of just building an entirely different ecosystem in the world. And so there's a lot of people that leave their nine to five and they're just like, oh, I just live in this world now. Like I don't go back to the other world. I don't talk to people in the other, like they're just two completely separate worlds. Mm -hmm. And I think for some people that is like for what their desire is, for what their mission is, for where they feel like their time is best served. Like it is totally like a cut, a cut ties with the nine to five and go into online entrepreneurship. But for you, it felt like there was this like very sacred desire that you're like, no, no, no. I know like the system I left and I actually know that I have the power to enact change in that system. Yeah. I mean, even as you say that I get goosebumps because I think I definitely needed the space to like heal from it. Yeah. And I remember I, I had all of these stories because I came from the world of private equity and tech and there was a lot of like racial and gender things that came up that allowed me to just take a break from it and then recognize that I have so much more power if I were tangential to the system and from the sidelines helping to change it. But there was like one point where I recognized I love individual coaching. I love working with people one-to-one, but there's this systemic piece that I have access to because of my network, because of my background And for me to just throw it all away felt like a huge disservice um, to the people that I wanted to serve because, um, yeah, and and I think it was just this merging of two worlds. Like, how do I find a way to make it work in the style that makes sense to me? Because I want to be genuine when I'm working with corporate, and I also want to be genuine when I'm working with coaching clients. Yeah. I think I'm still figuring it out, but peace with how, um, how it's balanced. Yeah. And I think it was believing like one of the things Michelle and I were talking about before we started recording was like the note I had for Michelle was like at the first live event, it was like your entire brain, like the matrix of your mind and what the world was and what, like what the world was like constructed of. It was like this complete implosion And then your entire first round was sort of like a wait, like the dust was settling and you were like, what the fuck is going on? That's so accurate. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I think that like a lot of that unwinding was like you left the system and then as you had the moment to like look at it, you're like, oh, I left it from this disempowered place. And I made my decision from like this, like this, but as I'm actually looking at what is possible and I'm growing my belief in myself, I'm like seeing the value of what I can bring to the table. Right. And you like elevated yourself to that very empowered orientation. Mm-hmm. It was like, wait a second, like I can build a different, like I can actually go back in there and really help. Yeah, absolutely. I It's so validating to hear you replay that because I think while I was in the moment, my brain was freaking out like... Uh, I don't really fit this pure online entrepreneurship world and I don't really want to go back into corporate full time. So there was like a lot of that just like spurring up, but it's so validating to hear you say that because I think that's in retrospect, what was really happening and allowing myself to like 
uh, what was the word you use? Compost a lot of that to yeah. allow myself to like emerge anew. Yeah. It's funny because like, I remember when I was building my business, I, I think like just because of who I am, I attract a lot of people who are completely going and building the online entrepreneur world. Mm-hmm. But I remember actually thinking to myself that I was like, but you know who else I would want is like the Ruth Bader Ginsburg's of the world who are like, wait a second. Like I, if I can stay in the system, mm-hmm. I can actually have a lot of impact. And I think you're like my Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Thank you. I take high compliments to that. Yeah. It's oh. a big fucking deal. Yeah. No, I, I really think, you know, it, it took a lot of like vaulting in my cocoon. And I, I really appreciate the mastermind because it allowed me that space to heal and to, to, to feel like I just wasn't like a crazy person, um, that there were people there that really held that space and, and gave me the confidence. Like I can totally see that my friends see a different shift in confidence, but I really accredit it to this group that really like was there and like seeing me process all of that. Cause it was like, last year was really tough from like a yeah, healing yeah. perspective. It was really tough. And I don't know if I shared this with you, but, um, before I joined the mastermind, I was in a different group and I mean, the Asian hate crime stuff was just starting to happen. So I, I like fired my previous coach because of some insensitive thing that he said. And then I joined this, like realizing that I was the only, well, one of the only Asians and that triggered a whole thing. And that like combined with like, what am I going to do with my business? How do I make use of this? Um, really uprooted a lot of stuff. So I, I really appreciate the group that you've created in this space because it really just drove in, like, I can do this and I don't have to feel alone. And there's people that like see the vision behind what I'm trying to do. Yeah. But I'm curious because it's like, I think it's like I create the space with a certain culture and a certain set of thoughts that like lends itself to something, Mm -hmm. but you also had to be in a space where you were like, I'm coming to the table. Right. So I feel like there was like an alchemy between like the culture that is created in the group and, and who you were, because one of the things that I'll say, I was like, right. As I was thinking about the other things is like, you like did not go softly into the night. Right. You were just like, as Mm -hmm. you're like brain imploded. And then you're like, this is where my brain is like this. There's like almost these like zombies that were like popping up. You're like, I, I thought I exploded you, but like, I see you're back. And like, there was a lot of stuff for you around race in particular, yeah. the sauce mm-hmm. round. And so I'm just curious, like you were part of that. The, the room was part of that. And yeah. like, what was the role that each of us played, right? If we were to give like the room one part of it and your mm-hmm. brain, the part of it that allowed healing to take place. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good question. And I can pinpoint exactly where you did such a phenomenal job in coaching me on this, because as I wanted to start my consultancy business, I was like, oh, you know, I don't want, I I wanted to pitch to VCs because that was the world that I was in. And I had all these thoughts about it being exclusive white male environment. And I had all these thoughts about tech bros and like you held it to me in such a delicate way of like realizing a lot of it was like my own work that I had to do that. Like, and if I were honest, I left because of all that pain. And I think for you to hold that space, like really like woke me up and recognize that like, there's importance in speaking up about these things, especially from someone that's like, doesn't identify with my race. I think that was even more like, I found, I found a lot of allyship in the community that I don't think that I found, um, I mean, granted, I'm still like one of the few Asians in not in the room, but also in coaching. And that was another piece that I had to decompress of like, oh, gosh, like 
there is no one really doing this. And it's kind of a double-edged sword of trying to do it in corporate and also in coaching. And that brought a lot of stuff, but the, the room just felt really safe where people like held me and um, really supported me through that. Yeah. And I want to be super clear, like the reason why you had those thoughts, it's like they didn't come from nowhere, right? You had had a series of experiences growing up. You had worked in pretty lousy environments work-wise. You had been on the HR side of things and seen how things shook out, right? So, (laughs) but your brain had taken it and it had sort of adopted like because of that set of experiences that nobody would want to hear you and that nobody would listen to you and it left out like of course there's like really shitty culture that exists in the world but what also exists is like there's this whole band of humans and companies right companies are just comprised of humans right that want, like they lack awareness and they lack tools and they want to be better in their company structures. And you, they wanted your voice. Right. And I think I just remember selling you on, like, there are companies that really want to hear from you and they want to hear from an Asian woman specifically, and they want to hear from you with your experience. And there was just so much unwinding that I think that your brain had to be able to do to like be willing to accept that, you know, like it feels scary, right? When you've had a set of experiences that like give you thoughts to the contrary, right? That have given you the idea that like your voice doesn't matter to suddenly step into the belief that like what you're bringing to the table deeply matters, right? And that you're you like you're you're on this planet basically with this message, right? But it was such a tender process for your brain. And I just remember like you the willingness of of you to be vulnerable, right? I think your your brain like really it, it, of course it was scared. And every single time you came to the page and you were just saying like, hey, like, you know, I I thought that I had unwound this belief, but this is coming up and like, this is where I'm at. I don't want to stay here. Right. And I think that's such an important thing when you're coming for coaching. It's like not just showing up being like, right. It's like, no, I I want to feel empowered about this. This is the belief I want to have, but like, this is where I'm I'm stuck in my own self-coaching. And it was just such a, yeah, such a beautiful healing experience in that round to to see your willingness to be vulnerable, to be witnessed, to be loved by the room, to be held by the room, and to come out on the other side of that. Like, let's talk about it. Like, where are you on the other side of all of that work? Yeah. So I would say the first round, because it was virtual and we did the live event virtually, like it felt so different than the second round when we all met in Austin. I think that really solidified like feeling of safety. Like, I think there's something there that like really switched in my mind in addition to like all the life changes that were happening. But I think something there in Austin of like being there with the people that I've met in the previous round and meeting new people, like really created a sense of like camaraderie. Um, and that really gelled like the new self-concept that I wanted to bring that like all these new people that were coming in the second round, they didn't know all the crap that I had to go through. And it was like really validating to be like, I can pretty much recreate any identity that I want at any point. And these people don't see that baggage. Um, so that was one thing. And then the other thing was just 
I think that, you know, when you're dissolving shame, a lot of it is like you put it out there and then you recognize nothing bad happens. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So doing that in the space, like originally with the mastermind and then like feeling safe to be like, okay, nothing happened in the mastermind. These people were like, they don't think I'm crazy. And then like that expanding in ripples. I think that was like, that's really where the power is. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it is like to the point you made a like, it wasn't like we dove into the pool and started like swimming around. Right. But it was like from so much love. Right. And we, and we witnessed, right. And in that space of witnessing and then delicately coaching, it allowed for the healing. Yes, exactly. And on the other side of it, like you're signing some consulting clients. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was like one of the biggest highlights is like, now I have a private equity consulting client, which I didn't think was going to be possible, right? Like if you asked me what in the yeah. first time that were going to be the case, like, I feel like I've really come full circle to like feeling grounded in what I have to offer, like switching the thoughts of my, my, my perspective is valuable um, to now having a corporate private equity client. I just feel like I've grown so much in that last year to be able to do this now. Yeah. And I mean, I would say not just like having a private equity client, but it's from the space of like, you're getting paid Mm -hmm. a lot of money for the value, right? It's like, you see your value now. You believe that there are people, even in the private equity space, that believe in diversity and inclusion. And it turns out when you allow those things to happen, you're making money. No, absolutely. It's still something I think my, I still have to like ease into where it's like, uh, how, like, you know, the brain wants to second guess a lot of these, but like realizing like, oh my gosh, this is happening. I can totally start to shift the needle forward and yeah, do what it, do whatever it is that I really want to do. Yeah. And guys, Michelle's trying to not count her money for this month (laughs) because there's like, I don't know, like corporate something, whatever. You're at $44,000 for the month. And we're actually like a week away from the end of January. Yeah. $44,000 in just a few weeks. I know. And I want to caveat with this too, that I had like December was a $0 month. November was a $0 month. And I even think having like no money for those last couple of months to now like skyrocketing, it just shows like I'm building on a different foundation than I was. Yeah. And I think it is just the difference. We were having this conversation in the mastermind the other day of like, when people leave the nine to five, they think that like their income as entrepreneurs has to be like, well, I got a paycheck every two weeks. I like, I need that consistent money to come in. And like, here's the thing, like it does become consistent, but as you're changing your identity, right? Like as all of that, it is very normal for lumps to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so I think like what I've just seen in the mastermind is like, there were a couple people that like came in on a thread and were like, yeah, like, I think there were a few of you that were all basically either right at a hundred K or like over a hundred K. And you were like sharing like this, these were our month, like month by month, how it was. Mm-hmm. So that it was helpful for other people in the room to be like, oh, wait, it's fine. Right. If I have like a $0 month, it like does like if I keep going and my energy doesn't dip and my belief doesn't dip, it comes a lot faster. Right. Exactly. And I think the other interesting thing is and why I was all, all grumbly about how much I made in 2021. I want to, <laughs> yes, 
because I think it's so important is like we give ourselves these arbitrary numbers and timelines to hit. Like maybe I didn't make that much in the 12 month or in the 2021 calendar year, but like in a 12 month cycle, I've made over six figures. Right. So I think their mind just kind of gives us these weird, like, stories like i had a bunch of stories around that like okay let's say i didn't make it in the calendar year but now like with this month of course i hit of course i'm go over six figures yeah. um so there's that and then i think um oh there was another one that i forgot but it might come back to me okay i mean we're still here so <laughs> oh the other one the other story was um 18 months into my business i thought i needed to go back into the nine to five because of those lumps that you're referring to. Yes. And that was also a story in my mind of like, well, businesses fail. Most businesses fail within 18 months. And I think there was something that got ingrained in my mind. So I was like, really not sure. And yeah. this is the, this is like consistent $0 months towards the end of the year. And then I, I, something happened where I pushed through, I got a lot of support from the mastermind. And then that's what, that's what's behind this month's income. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I actually wrote because you were in your nine to five, you were in a multiple six figure job, right? Mm -hmm. So like even like your first full year to basically hit six figures, like actually people will find this funny if they've listened for a while. If you listen to the leaving a high income job podcast what was about me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was Michelle, totally you was my muse. <laughs> Thanks, Catherine. I totally was laughing when you were recording it. I was like, yeah, I know this is about me. <laughs> she gave me the page. She was like, thank you, Catherine. Like, see the coaching you offered me. But the other thing that I wrote here was like the high income and the siren song of going back to a high paying job. So I like... I was, and I think what's interesting is like, you weren't as public in the mastermind about that siren song. What siren song? Like that you were considering going back to. Oh yeah. Job. I was super stealth. I would like maybe told Sarah in our peer coaching, but I was like, oh, I feel so much shame. I don't want to tell anybody. They're going to judge me. Catherine's going to get mad at me. <laughs> right. And so I think like to just go back to like, you know, what shame always creates is like hiding. And so you worked through it. But I think it's important for us to like, now that it's all out in the air, right? And like yeah. you work through it and you're like, no, I'm like sticking with it. And if I like stick with it, like on the other side of it is like an almost $50,000 month. Like, yeah. what would you say to the person who's in the middle of like this? They're hearing the siren song. They've left a high income job. Yeah. Right. They're in that slump and the siren is singing. I would say that it's all just a story that you tell yourself and reminding yourself of that, that it's a story and you have the ability to change it because it, it, the siren was like, yeah, there's the 18 month rule. Most businesses fail. I was hearing that. And I was also remembering speaking to one of my former um, coworkers who did entrepreneurship for three years. And she was like, oh yeah, you know, I made like 50 K in those years. And I decided to go back to corporate. Like, it's okay if you want to go back and like, you can find something that's more balanced. So that was definitely playing in my mind. Oh my gosh clouding my thoughts. Yeah. So it got really clear. I was like, you know what? I can just choose, choose to like make my own rules with this. Like I can choose to be okay with not replacing my corporate income in one year or two years or however long it takes. So once I got okay with that, and once I really stopped to feel the shame around like my corporate 
income. And like, I think a lot of it just got released and I'm like, all right, whatever. I know it's just going to happen. I know I'm going to make more money as long as I just release it. Because also during the mastermind event, the live event in Austin, that's when I told the group, like how much I made and how much shame I was feeling. And then after that, I was like, why don't I just report like record a podcast episode about this? And then that's really when like everything just kind of got relinquished because I wasn't holding on to it anymore. So I would say for anyone that has a siren songs going off, like just remember you have the ability to change your story at any time. Yeah. And it's so, I think it's like when you're in the shame, it's so hard to see. It's just a thought. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it's almost just like, and I remember for me, like when I first started shame was like, I mean, cause shame is basically like, I am wrong, right? Like shame is like, it's so closely tied to identity. Mm-hmm. And so of course, if something's tied to your identity, it feels like just a fundamental part of you. And so there had to have been a part for you where I think to your point, actually, this is it. It's like, oh, this is just a story, right? Like I am not my shame Yeah. and I'm going to sort of like peel it off of me. Yeah. <laughs> that's so true. And release it from the boat. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's why like being in a mastermind is so helpful because you can't really see that for yourself all the time. And you, yeah. you know, having a container where people, um, will like gently nudge at it and like help you to peel it off faster. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious for you, like what, what has the difference been for you of being in a group container like this mastermind in that process? Mm. Um, well, I don't think I've really done one-to-one business coaching before. Like I do realize, I think at first I had a bunch of stories, Catherine. I was like, no, I need a one-to-one coach. And I was like, no, I really like the group. So there's always like stuff that your brain will freak out on when it feels uncomfortable. But I do think that, um, having, um, people go through the journey and experience together is really helpful because you just get a lot more from people who have been there or have crossed um, you know, have crossed those bridges and can get you there or get you through it a lot faster versus if you're only working with one coach, then you're kind of like, everything's tied to their one experience. Yeah. Um, so then I think the other thing that's really important is recognizing that we're, I wasn't going through this alone, like that we're all going through a human experience and, um, it's just so validating to hear, that I'm not, I'm not the weirdo in the room. Like, I I think there's a lot of people going through the same stuff and that was just reassuring. Yeah. And I think it's like to, to go through this collective journey. Cause I think it's like collective business building, which is so fun because entrepreneurship can feel really lonely. Right. And then like, you're going to a space and even though everybody has a different, like the principles are all the same. And so it does almost feel like collectively, right? Like we're all sort of, and I feel like a lot of us are so purpose-driven. It does feel like we're serving the same energy, right? Like mm-hmm. we're serving like a lot of the same vision in the world. And one of the things I just recorded with Emily yesterday, she'll be, I think she'll probably, I don't know. This, her episode will probably have aired by the time this one comes out. And one of the things that she was saying, like coming in as essentially the underdog, she had like just come over the $10,000 minimum was like how she was so scared to come in because like, you know, there's so many of you guys who are like at six figures and like, it's, and it's so funny because for you guys, it's like, it was so recent that you were there. Yeah. Right. That you're just like, no, like, let me help you. (laughs) Yeah. That's so true. Like when you say village elders, I like really kind of like let that sink in. And I'm like, yeah, I have stuff I could 
show to the new people that are coming into the round, um, not from a place of entitlement, but from like a, I can help you get through this a lot faster if right. like they allow you. Yeah. And I think it's like from a place of wisdom, right? Because like wisdom is embodied knowledge, right? Like wisdom is like lived knowledge. And for those of you guys that have like already gone through the process, Right. And you could like, and I'm sure you can see that like the first rounders, I bet you can see you're like, Oh, that was me. <laughs> right? yeah, yeah, absolutely. Every, yeah, absolutely. And I think like, that's part of the normalization of like, okay, we're all on this journey. We're all at different paces. It's okay. But I will also say this, that I definitely got triggered a lot in the first round too. And even now sometimes, but recognizing like, uh, like, I think, I don't know if I'm allowed to share this, but we do the income reporting. And the first time I did that, there was all of these thoughts that came up about why are we doing this and like feeling inferior and all of that, that I just wish I had coaching on, or like, I wish I reached out and said, this is bothering me. Yeah. I kind of like stayed silent and recognize that was something I had to work through. But yeah, there's a whole bunch of really good coaches there that are there to support. And it's really nice to have that community. Right. Yeah. And I think it's so important. I do think actually there is a training that goes out before we start the live event where I talk about that because I had the same thing. And I think it's a little bit like going back to how you would allow yourself to be seen and like be vulnerable in the container in the first round. I feel like there's this thing where a lot of us who have like maybe went through the school system, we were really smart. We did well in corporate, like there was this tendency, it's sort of the classroom mentality, right? Where like, if you don't understand something, maybe you don't want to raise your hand and like say you, right? Or like, you're just like, I'm just gonna, like, it's fine. I'll just be quiet, right? <laughs> and I, it feels like a little bit of that same energy around like, ooh, like, you know, if I have to income report, right? Then I might have to admit that there's like some pieces in the process that I work, right? Like you have to face all of that. Right. Yeah. And that is like, now that we're, now that Michelle has brought it up, we'll talk about it. Yeah. We income report in the mastermind every month because I want to know where you guys are. Right. Because if like, if someone like, and I, we've talked about this, this is a new thing for this round, but I started to notice like in, so I added some client filters to like, make sure that like, there were certain people that wouldn't thrive best in the room. But one of the things I noticed was like, you know, they would income report and their income wouldn't be changing, but they wouldn't be coming for coaching. Mm. Right. And so it's just like, I need to be like, there needs to be a threshold for me to track because yeah. I like, it's important to me that everybody yeah. succeed and I can't force that. Right. Like, so I'm just like, okay, like we just want to have a checkpoint. Like, where are we on the map? Are we all good? What's yeah. going on? And yeah. I think it's good that like you allowed yourself to feel the trigger. <laughs> yeah. And then like work through whatever is coming up around the reporting. Yeah. What was, I, what was your biggest trigger around the reporting? You know, I think it's just ego. Like, yeah. I think it's this like, oh, I'm a big earner. And there, you know, all this, all this like crap that I've had to really dissect and like soften into to recognize, like I'm playing a completely different game here and to be like, okay with failing and falling on my face and learning, yes. but there was so much ego and I don't know if this is going to resonate with other like high status. I know you said you attract a lot of high status people or like these corporate people with fancy, whatever it is, but there was a lot of that that was like trying to protect me um, and wanting to fight and resist and recognizing like, you know, I need to just like, not, not resign, but like, I need to just like give into it and trust that like, you know, where you're taking me and not try to fight it because I, I don't know any better. I've never 
done this before. So right. it was just a lot of ego. Yeah. Yeah. There was so much for me. I had, well, I had all the ego too, Michelle, I can feel you. And I think it was like, <laughs> one of the things my coach would say, like, is like, do you want to be rich or do you want to be right? Uh, right? And it's just like all of my ego from corporate. And like, I just remember I had this, like, well, I like did all this stuff. I sold all these businesses. Like people should just want to pay me. Right. Like, <laughs> like, and then, like, Oh wait, no, they shouldn't. Like I haven't learned the skills of writing copy. I haven't learned the skills of like proper branding and position. Like there's no reason, like, like my resume doesn't entitle me mm. to their money. Yeah. Right. That's like I, entitlement. Yeah. Yeah. I have to show that I can like provide value and I will give tremendous value to clients. And I think it's like, especially when we were so good at whatever we did in corporate, like there's some skills in entrepreneurship that like we have to fail at a bunch. Absolutely. What yeah. Have, what have those been for you? Uh, I'm trying to think. I mean, the first thing that's coming to mind is like, you know, being trained in a traditional business school context and then going into entrepreneurship and like having a lot of my MBA friends, like look at me and like, see what I'm doing and like want to do it, but then also hold themselves back. I think it's just learning, like, you're just going to have to try it. And like, you're never going to be fully ready. Like, it's just, it's a new muscle that has to be built. Like no matter how much you study business, no matter how much you think you know business when you're in the boat, that's really when it matters. And I had to really relearn that and be okay with failing and being okay with like not caring about what other people think is probably the biggest thing because I was so used to uh, presenting myself a certain way or speaking a certain way and letting all of that crap go. Because like, honestly, if you've met me maybe three years ago, I was a very, very different person than who I am now. Like very, so much more rigid than who I am now. No. Oh yeah. It's, it's so interesting. Actually. I feel like I've even seen like rigidity fall for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Since the first round, like a lot of rigidity. Yeah. I see that. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, like, I, yeah, no, go ahead. I, I was going to say, I think it's just conditioning from like your school yeah. system from, I worked in private equity and you know, they just don't have like the vulnerability. They don't show yeah. that like people on wall street, they just don't show that. So I've had to relearn how to be a human. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And I think it is like, it's, it's so easy to be like, yes, freedom, lifestyle, everything. But it's like, oh, are you willing to like go down to the core of your being and like have that vulnerability and have that relationship with yourself and have your own back, like no matter what? Yep. Like that's a skill set. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Oh my gosh. All right. So we've covered so much. I'm trying to think of what I, we've actually covered all of the notes that I had around like your journey specifically. I'm curious, like for people who are maybe like, you know, Michelle a year ago or something, right. And they're considering coming into the mastermind. How, like, what is a question you would ask them or wisdom you would give them for, to help them make the decision of whether or not this room is for them? I think it just comes down to making a decision and then going all the way in. Um, the way that I make decisions in my investments is, well, the good investments that should be, <laughs> I should caveat with that is like, if you're, if you're going to spend the money and the time, then like go all in, you're going to get so much more out of it um, by not like dipping one toe in and like giving yourself an out. And I, I use that same philosophy when I'm coaching my 
career coaching clients, it's like, if you're thinking about going back to school and you're not sure, it's like, how can you make the most of that decision and really like milk every opportunity to make it a good investment? So that's what I would, you know, tell people is if you're interested in investing, just make sure that, you know, well, make a decision that you want to do it and then just soak up everything that you can do in that container to make your investment worth it. Yeah. Which is so funny because you like just sharing that, like that was the mentality that you went in with. You're like, oh, I'm going all the way in. It totally actually goes like we can almost thread it back to the beginning of our conversation where like your first round, you're like raising your hand. You're like, hey, I'm over here. Right. Like I'm posting on the page. I'm like having all of this stuff come up and I want help with it. Right. And so I think it's like, it's so important to think about like, there's some people who their growth might be not doing that, but especially for people who are in spaces where they've told themselves they always have to be perfect and they shouldn't (laughs) raise their hand and they like, shouldn't speak up like to just know that coming into the container for your first round, your growth, like going all in for you might be like raising your hand every single time you have a question. I actually remember the first round of my mastermind, there was like a woman who like every single time she didn't understand something, she was just like, excuse me, excuse me. I don't, can you like, can you clarify? I have a question. And I was like, what the fuck is going on with this lady? And then I like, I noticed that I had like some judgment of her. And then I noticed, I was like, how often because of my judgment, right? Like, because of that belief that like, you should just like, it's like, it's silly to be seen that way or whatever. I'm like, oh, like how much growth, how much learning, how much wisdom have I deprived myself of when I decide to show up in a container, like having judgment like that. And I remember my first round, I wrote like really big at the top of a paper to like be willing So like every time I don't understand something, every time I need coaching, like to raise my hand, to ask questions and to your point, like to go all in. And so, yeah, people. Absolutely. I resonate with that a lot too, because I'm not the type, maybe it's cultural or whatever it is, but I wasn't really the type to to talk openly. So like, again, very different person than I was maybe two, three years ago. Um, even thinking back into my business school experience, like I never liked raising my hand and asking questions. I was that like church mouse that wouldn't make a peep and finally recognized like that wasn't going to serve me. And that like nothing bad happens when you ask a question, we don't have to play in our head, the scenario. Um, But yeah, I've definitely come full circle from that. Yeah. Well, and I think it's so interesting actually to thinking about, I think for a lot of employees, it is like, how good at you, like, how good are you at sort of just like, can you just get the results? Can you be quiet, put your head down, sort of nose to the grindstone. And then in entrepreneurship, especially in sales and marketing, you got to take up some fucking space. And it's sort of like, it, like, how can you come into the mastermind group, right? And like use that as like, okay, if you can't come into the mastermind group and allow yourself to take up space there, what hope do you have to like go on your social media and take up a lot of space? That's so true. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's good. That's why you have us celebrate and dance and do these things in the, in the container, because you're you're telling them all the things, Michelle, you're like the income report, you have to dance. (laughs) 
you have to dance you have to share your success soup all of the things but <laughs> i think like these virtuals are yeah like they're just safe containers so that you do it in a room where you you know when you trust the people so that you could better do that for like you said the wild internet of whoever you run into yes. yeah yeah and it is like it was, and I think I've explained to you guys, right? But like, it is the reason why we have the money dances. It's the reason why we like insist, like celebration is such a huge part of the culture of the community because it is just like, it's making a ton of money. Like we don't really, there's not a space in society where that's just like a thing that mm -hmm. it, it's a very safe space to celebrate yourself, to talk about what you're doing, right? To like have that big of a dream, that big of a vision and to be like, oh, I did this thing and it's amazing. And I want to be seen and witnessed in that. And I, there is this like collective healing, actually going back to the beginning of our conversation that happens when you go into a container like ours, where it's just like every single day, there's just like a new dance on the page. People are like challenging themselves to like up each other's dances. Right. And like that, that is normalized, like just creates a space for like your brain to sort of rest and settle into. Mm -hmm. Yep. Absolutely. It's so good. All right. People are going to want to know where to find you. You can find me on Instagram at michelle.k.u. I recently changed my handle. So the old episode has my old handle, but it's uh -oh. michelle.k.u. <laughs> you can connect with me on LinkedIn. If you want to keep it professional, you can collect, uh, connect Nobody with me. Nobody wants to keep it professional, Michelle. Let's be real. This is the zebra oh, tribe here. All right. That's true. Connect with me on Instagram then. <laughs> or you can listen to my podcast as well. Find your path podcast. Nice. Awesome. All right, Michelle, thank you so much for your time. And I'll thank see you. you. I'll see you in 30 minutes for our mastermind call. Yep. Bye. Bye. Enrollment for the next round of the Think Like an Entrepreneur Mastermind is coming. And you are invited to take your seat at the table with us. This room is the room for impact-driven, soul-centered entrepreneurs who are ready to create the massive demand they know their business was meant to hold. Head to www.katherinemorrisoncoaching.com forward slash mastermind for details and to get your name on the wait list. I'll see you there.